0: Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m. And you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Thank you, Sally, and good morning. It's good to see you all. Thanks for joining us online as well. Last week... As we once again gathered to listen to God's word, to try to respond to it and have our lives reflect God's word, we began to revisit our renewed mission statement here at Bethany Covenant Church. It's this statement that reveals our why as a congregation in this season of our life together. Why do we do the things that we do here at Bethany? What's the end goal? Well, together we have discerned that God is calling us in this time to connect and serve so that generations discover and experience the transforming love of God. This is our mission. This is how we know whether we're on track or whether we're getting distracted in the things we're doing. And last week, we focused on that first action that we see here, the, the connecting piece we said that we gather together on purpose, for a purpose, and we see that as we do that God himself has actually gathered us together, placed us, placed us next to each other as closely as building stones in this temple that we're told God is building for his own glory. We connect to worship God and to demonstrate God's love to those whose lives have not yet been transformed by God's love. And this morning, we'll focus on this second action captured in this mission statement, serving together. We serve so that generations discover and experience the transforming love of God. Both our connection and our service are meant to have a purpose, an end goal. The desired outcome, this thing that we're all pulling together toward, is that so that generations, more and more people, would find their lives transformed by the love of God. Now, as we think about service, we realize, especially if we're honest with our own motivations, we recognize there are different reasons we might choose to serve. We might serve uh, because it makes us feel good. It gives us a sense of satisfaction. You might feel a sense of fulfillment as we serve other people. Maybe it gives us a sense of meaning. Maybe even a sense of worth as a person as we serve others. And find ourselves useful in some way or maybe on the other hand we serve because we know we'd feel bad if we don't there's this sense of guilt or a hanging obligation we feel like maybe we have no choice we're simply expected to serve and we better step up sometimes we serve and if we're honest we really hope someone notices In fact, we hope that not only will someone notice, but someone will respond with gratitude. They will take time to thank us. We hope that maybe they'll think more highly of us as they see our good deeds, and they'll send some appreciation our way. Or maybe there are times when we think or hope or expect that we serve and that there will be something in it for us, maybe more than a word of thanks. Of course, sometimes we get paid for our service, but even times when we volunteer, I think it's sometimes we have this creeping expectation that if we serve someone, then they will owe us, and we can expect that they might serve us back. I think it's really important for us to be honest about these potential motivators for our service and to be honest that even as we serve we might not even be fully aware of all of these that we're experiencing. We might have a mix of motivations but as we read in the kingdom stories in the bible as we look to our master Jesus in the stories in the gospels it's clear that our serving is meant to be different than this. And it's clear that our service is meant to be not primarily about ourselves, but about others. And we see in God's word that God's people have always meant to be a blessing for others, for people beyond ourselves. This is what God promised he would do through Abraham and through the nation that he would build out of this old couple, Abraham and Sarah. It's what we heard read earlier that the Lord had said to Abram, later renamed Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And so God promises to be incredibly generous as he pours out blessings onto Abraham and to Sarah and to their family and to the entire nation that would come from this one household. But those blessings, in fact, would be so bountiful, so powerful that they wouldn't help but spill out beyond that family and beyond that nation. These blessings by design would spill out onto every family and nation on earth according to God's promise. I love, uh, and by the way, I hadn't seen uh, this video before I finished this sermon, but I love how Gino in the, the uh, video, as we looked at the needs and opportunities at New Britain High School, used the phrase that we are blessed to be a blessing. And sometimes that might sound like uh, a bit of a, a trite Christianese phrase, a bit of a cliche, something we find on a coffee cup. But I love how this reminder from the video and opportunity this morning speak to the truth and depth of that statement, that we, in fact, have been blessed to be a blessing. And this fact shows up here in one of the earliest chapters of the Bible. Jesus, we know, talked about what it looks like to be God's people who exist not just for ourselves. Matthew chapter 5 includes what's been often called the most famous sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And early in that sermon, we hear Jesus teach this way You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So Jesus calls this crowd around him, invites them to sit down as he teaches on the mountainside, And he tells his followers, those who would want to follow after him, that they need to be salty and bright. He wants them to be good seasoning in their lives, to bring full flavor to life and to those around them, to act as a preservative against decay and rot. And he wants his followers to be light in an often darkened world, so other people can find their way rather than stumbling around in darkness. Jesus wants the people called by his name to shine, to have their lives look different and different in amazingly good ways. Jesus says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Now, I think if we leave it right there, we might uh, be tempted to lean into that tendency to have our good looks or our good deeds make us, our good works, our good deeds make us look good. We might let our good deeds shine out so that we get thanked, so we get praised. But Jesus goes on and says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Let your good deeds shine out. He said, don't put them under a basket. Let them shine. Don't hide them, but do them in such a way that God gets the praise and the glory And so this leaves us, I think, with an interesting challenge and opportunity. How can we let good deeds shine from our lives so that God gets praise? So that we're not the ones who get the credit. Well, apparently, as we look at Jesus' teaching, it's not that we're always supposed to do our good deeds anonymously. Although sometimes we do. And I've seen that happen where people get really creative Uh, about doing good works anonymously and making sure that the the thanks and praise gets deflected toward God. I love how when we uh, deliver our Thanksgiving baskets to New Britain High School, uh, none of our names will be on those baskets. We get to do that uh, as a blessing from our congregation and in thanks and praise to God. Somehow, though, our good deeds, whether they're anonymous or not, are meant to be a shining reflection of God and not of us. And so I think about little kids, how I've encountered uh, small children, early school age, maybe kids who are five or six years old. And we've seen kids whose, whose good behavior seems to make them set apart from others. We look at kids who seem especially thoughtful of the children around them. And when we see young children doing things that are very thoughtful and kind, We often see that as a glimpse into their personalities, but maybe even more often we'd say, wow, those kids are being raised right. And so the child's deeds and good works become a reflection on their parents. Jesus reminds his followers of their heavenly father, and he reminds them of how lovingly they have been raised, how well they've been raised, how their Father in heaven lavishes blessings on them, not, not to spoil them, but actually to prepare them and equip them to bless the people around them. Our good deeds are meant to get people thinking about our motivations and to get curious about what or who is really behind our actions. Is it us? Or are we behaving the way we've been taught and raised to behave? Are we reflecting the behavior and character of our heavenly parent? Now, there will be times, of course, that our good deeds will bless our brothers and sisters right here at Bethany Covenant Church. As we serve selflessly, some of that serving will have an essentially inward focus here within our family... As we take care of the needs of each other, as we bear each other's burdens, as we help each other in times of need, as we serve alongside each other to empower our shared ministries. And so we'll teach each other's children. We'll visit each other's parents and grandparents. We'll pull together as a family to send our youth to unite. We're connected to each other, and so part of our service means we serve each other as well. But our serving, our doing of good deeds, is never meant to benefit just each other. Just as God's blessings to Abraham and Sarah were never meant just for the blessing of their family or even the nation of Israel that would come from God's promise to them. We serve so that generations discover and experience the transforming love of God. These generations that we name here, yes, include those who are already among us in all ages and stages of life and in faith. But they also include those who will come after us and those beyond our walls who have not yet been touched by the transforming love of God. I think about the amazing care and the tangible love that people do experience here within our body. I think about what happens within our connect groups where people commit to do life together, to bear each other's burdens, to spur each other on and encourage each other in God. And then I think about the people who have not yet tasted the goodness of that kind of relationship and love. Because there are people outside of Bethany right now who are outside God's kingdom and whose, whose lives have not been transformed but are perhaps ripe for transformation. They're ready to be awakened by God's love. They're ready to have those blessings that we've been given spill over into their lives in ways that make not only tangible but eternal difference in a way that might end up with lives being changed and God being praised. I saw somewhere on social media this week this challenge. Be the reason someone loves Jesus, not the reason they hate Christians. I think that's good, but I think we also need to nuance it a little bit and add, oh, and also be the reason that people love Jesus and not just think that you're a really nice person. There's this act of deflection, of redirection, that Jesus is talking about when it comes to who gets the thanks and praise for our good works. Let your good deeds shine, he says. Make them obvious. Put them up on a hill and on a, a lampstand. And do it in a way that these deeds are unmistakably because of the goodness and love of God. And I think, in order for us to be successful in serving in this way, we need to remember three things about our service that we see here from what Jesus is teaching in Matthew five. First, we see that our serving is meant to season like salt. Jesus calls his followers the salt of the earth. Now, you may have heard that phrase, and over the centuries, uh, this phrase "salt of the earth" has come on has come to mean uh, someone who is honest, hardworking. Dependable, it's come to be a compliment for someone who's down to earth and unpretentious. And there's probably some sense of that meaning in what Jesus is teaching here. But I think Jesus is saying more than we're meant to be nice, dependable people. I think there's a much more spiritual and even uh, culinary and catalytic sense of what Jesus is saying here as he talks about salt. Salt. Because as salt affects food for flavor, for preservation, followers of Jesus are meant to impact the world around them, the people around them, by how we live, by how we act toward one another and toward those around us. And we know that in cooking, a little salt can go a long way. And it has an outsized impact for whatever dish it's in. And so life around God's people is meant to look like this, to never be bland but always seasoned. And according to, according to Jesus, our serving is also meant to illuminate the darkness around us. Jesus once spoke to those who had gathered around him to listen to his teaching, and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness, because you will have the light that leads to life. That's John 8:12. And here in Matthew 5, Jesus tells his followers, you are the light of the world. He's saying, you actually get to be like me. You get to be light like me. So as people follow you, they won't stumble in darkness either. By God's grace, we don't have to walk in darkness. And as we walk in the light, as Christ is in the light, we share that light with others. We put it on a stand, not just so that people are drawn in it like a moth to a flame, not just so people are admiring the light, but so that people actually walk by it. Our good deeds are meant to have the practicality of of a flashlight in a dark cellar. And then last, Jesus tells us that our serving, our good deeds, is meant to amplify and multiply praise to God. And this is another way we get to be, to be like Jesus. Jesus said when we've seen him, we've seen a reflection of the Father. And in the same way, our good deeds, our lives, are meant to reflect the Father's character and love. As we do the things in our life that help us live and look more like Jesus, people will see Jesus, and a, light, a spotlight on the Father will shine as well. I think there's something that's uh, deep within our spirits that understands that this idea of praise to God as being the, the outcome, the, the goal of our service, there's something in our spirits that gets this, that resonates with that. I mentioned sometimes we serve because honestly we like to be told, thank you. But think about the difference in how it feels to be told, thank you so much. Or when someone tells you, I thank God for you. There's something different and deeper about our lives, our works, actually resulting in other people thanking God. When God is praised because of something we choose to do, we get that sense of having lived into our purpose. We get to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And by the grace of God, we actually get to be part of someone else falling more deeply in love with God. It is this love of God that our connecting and our serving are all about. It's our motivation, it's our empowerment, it's our end game, our goal. We connect and we serve because we have been touched by God's love, our lives have been transformed. And it's this love that's meant to spill out of our lives. It's meant to be contagious. Friends, God has given us us amazing purpose, as people call by his name. We've been given purpose, and we've been invited to live our lives on purpose. And as we lean into that purpose, we consciously depend on God's spirit to work in us, To bring any good out of the deeds we try and often fumble and stumble at. By the Spirit's empowerment and by the grace of God, may we keep spurring each other on, encouraging each other toward good deeds to keep at it even if we stumble and sometimes fail. And by God's grace and by the love of God, may more and more people end up transformed by God's love and praising God's name. Would you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, you once told your disciples, your friends, that you didn't come to earth to be served, but to serve. And you showed us through your life and through your death that even as God's son, nothing is beneath you. That you're willing to serve anyone so that they might know the transforming love of God. Jesus, would you make us like you? Help us to keep our eyes on you and to follow your lead as we love and as we serve in your name. Amen.